Welcome to IndieWire's Very Good Television Podcast. I'm Liz Shannon-Miller at Liz on the Twitters. And I'm Ben Travers at Ben T. Travers on the Twitters. And hello, welcome to June. Apparently it's nice out or sunny and you guys aren't maybe at home watching TV, which is ridiculous. Why would you do that? Did you say welcome to June? It's June like 16th right now. Yeah, but it it really feels like June now. It didn't before. We are in the heart of June. We are in the thick of June. We are... Not going back now. No. Like, the shows that we loved are ending. Um, this is true. And the thing, you know, we have to we have to have a couple more weeks to look for before anything really exciting premieres. Like, Ben, how many more goddamn weeks do I have to wait for Ballers? Actually, I don't, I don't even know the answer to that question. Yeah. Is it July? It, it is a July premiere. Oh, but wow. A, where are my screeners? B... <laughs> Where are where where is where where is Ballers? I need it. Where is the rock? Where is the rock? Why is the rock not delivering us the balls to ball hard with? Did 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 my dislike of Baywatch prove? Have I have I forsaken him in some way? Liz, the fans love it. The critics hate it. So, which are you? I'm a fanatic. Well, then you should really love it. No, I'm a fan. Plus a tick. I'm a fan tick. Mm. But I added an extra A in there, which I guess was problematic. Mm. Anyways, Ben, I'm going to let you introduce this topic because, as I, I know, because I know you have you you have some you have something you want to say. Well, Elizabeth, I mean, I did come up with the topic. Yes. But, um, and you came up with it for a reason. I did, but it's not the reason that we just spoke about. Mm-hmm. Um, how I came up with this topic is. Uh, began a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away when I was surfing Twitter five minutes ago. <laughs> and uh, our old cherished intern, Kate Hallowell. Ah, uh, yes. Also known as Geller. Hi, Geller. Uh, she tweeted something about how she'd just finished The Handmaid's Tale mm-hmm. and that she was going to immediately move on to watching Top of the Lake as kind of a recovery mechanism for a show that she oh, thought that was, does not was sound very, like a very plan. good. Well, not not in the sense of like I'm going to recover from my deep sadness by transitioning over to a, a show that's happy, but in the sense of I'm going to transition from one dark drama starring Elizabeth Moss with another dark drama starring Elizabeth Moss to try I mean, to ease the transition back to normal television or perhaps even Elizabeth Moss less television. Um, so this sparked an idea, and that idea was uh, The Handmaid's Tale just ended, right? And I imagine Liz is struggling mightily with that finale and and the dearly departed season that was and she's going to be expected to watch television again probably very soon probably she already has and in doing so she's going to have to review that television even though it will not compare to the handmaid's tale Mm -hmm. and while not all of you are critics out there not all of you are writers even though i imagine that our audience of six at least no writers or are writers but uh i think that transitioning off of a great show is an important thing to do both in paying it proper homage and keeping yourself healthy in terms of, of what you're going to think of the next show. So are you going to evaluate the next show properly? What do you need to do when you choose the next show? How long do you need to dwell in the universe of the great show that preceded it? And, uh, I mean, Elizabeth, I'm very curious about your own habits. The first time you watched The Handmaid's Tale Season 1 finale, what did you do immediately afterwards? Wept. 
To be fair, I've seen The Handmaid's Tale finale three times now. I know, but I said first, Liz. I know, and I basically I watched it kind of in the middle of the night because uh, I was having some trouble sleeping, and I thought that would help. That is just a yeah, such no. a terrible idea. Um, and <laughs> for the record, Liz may not be the model of of TV health oh. that we should all aspire to. Well, it get, it's going to get worse, Ben, Great. in what you're talking about, um, because. I watched it once and was blown away and, you know, immediately started preparing myself to watch it a second time, which was at a public screening um, with a live orchestra, which was kind of cool. How long between your viewing and, and the public screening? Like about two weeks. Oh, well, that's a very long amount of time, Liz. Immediately afterwards, you, you did you go to sleep? Were you able to sleep? What did you do? I think I eventually was able to sleep. I think I maybe, I maybe, I, I, I've found, I have found that Master of None is a good lullaby for me sometimes. So you turned on Master of None in order to help you sleep after finishing. Yeah, I would say, I, I, I feel like that's, I feel like that's correct. Now, is this a... You mentioned it's a good lullaby for you, so is that a, a standard that you'd go to? It's not really reflective of, like, a choice specific to The Handmaid's Tale so much as just what you might be able to sleep to? Well, I think, I, I mean, I know you want to talk about the specific moment after I finished watching the finale, uh, but I think, honestly, my reaction to the finale is, was, like, a kind of a slow-building thing because I knew that in... Watching the fin- watching it wasn't just going to be a matter of watching the finale. It was going to be a matter of thinking about the finale and figuring out like I need to interview this person or that person from the for, to discuss the finale in full. So you have these are work thoughts. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I at this point like what there's no room for other thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I definitely, I definitely was like a, approaching it in a pretty analytical way, um, and. So I meet. I was like planning. Okay, I need to get. I need to harass Hulu to get me Bruce Miller on the phone. Um, I'm gonna have to watch this panel and pay attention to this panel after the screening. The second time I saw it, I had to pay attention to the panel and and hear Mindy Kaling try to get stuff out of them when it comes to season two, um, which she was not very successful at. But she was very charming. She was a very charming uh, moderator for that panel at that at that screening. And then the next morning, I had to interview Bruce Miller, so I had to prepare for that. And then I had to, you know actually do the interview and then you know it's like there's just been like it's been like over the last three weeks I would say it's just been a constant like doing a little bit more with The Handmaid's Tale and so it wasn't until it wasn't until uh last uh, I think it was a Tuesday night as you listen to this that I was up late and I finished both the finale episode review um and then I finished. I also uh, had my uh, showrunner interview go uh, ready as well, and got those saved and you know saved for editing uh, in the next morning because it was not going to happen that night, presumably because everyone else was asleep. Yeah, um, I began to watch a sci-fi show, but I'm not going to mention by name. So screw you. It doesn't count. It counts. <laughs> it does not count. Because I'm not going to mention the name of it. You're going to do that to our audience? They're never going to be able to figure out what Hit me up on Twitter. I'll tell you. Ben is basically... I got really into this show that I'm not mentioning by name to the point where Ben has decreed a ban on me mentioning anything about it. Not a ban. A limit. I gave you a limit. You gave me two more mentions for the rest of the year. Technically, I gave you three. You used one very quickly. I thought you would be interested. Well, that still counts. (sighs) I appreciate that you were thinking of me when you were deciding when to use and when to bring up this topic. Anyways, but if you look at the if, if you look at the reviews I wrote last uh, last week 
on about about television shows. You'll figure out pretty quickly. Anyways, it was basically the polar opposite of um, shows of a, of of The Handmaid's Tale. It's an important point, and I'm still just talking about The Handmaid's Tale. I'm not talking about this other show. So screw you. Very healthy attitude. Now, when you chose to watch this, you already mentioned earlier that that this was a uh, you made a, a fairly conscious work decision about this. Is, is this a work decision as well? You knew you had to review this show. Is that why you decided to watch this show after you'd seen The Handmaid's Tale finale for the third time? Like uh, after you were kind of ready to move forward from The Handmaid's Tale? I mean, I'll be honest with you. It was a work decision, and it was one I kind of regretted. Like, uh, because I, I just needed to do this new thing and, and to cover this new show. And I just, there just wasn't enough time, so I kind of made the abroad choice. And in some ways, because the, this other show was so such a complete 180 from The Handmaid's Tale, there was some some level of catharsis in it. Like it was pleasure. It was pleasurable not to take it super seriously. Um, you enjoyed the the break from the emo- emotional taxation of the other show. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and which can be very healthy. Yeah, but at the same time, like. Would I have preferred perhaps drinking, uh, filing my reviews, drinking a cup of chamomile tea and curling up with a book? That might have been nice too. Maybe getting like two extra hours of sleep. That would have been nice. Chamomile tea, strong glass of whiskey perhaps. Now Liz, um, in terms of your mental health, I'm I'm curious (laughs) about expanding this beyond simply the realm of television because uh, the, the connection you continuously have made throughout this conversation is that when presented with something emotionally challenging let's say or right. something that's 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 emotionally affecting right uh, for you you immediately fell back into the same pattern of work you went from work project which is technically the handmaid's tale but also during this work you were emotionally taxed and then you went immediately into another work project is this something you feel like you do normally if you're presented with something emotionally strenuous in your life do you fall back on work to help uh, distract yourself from the pain or or just dealing with these motions. Well, doctor, it goes back to my childhood. <laughs> good, good. We're making progress. <laughs> but this, I mean, do you feel like this is a this is a healthy habit? Like you mentioned that you would have preferred to curl up with chamomile tea. So perhaps I think honestly work is getting in the way of something. I think honestly, I, I here here's part of part of what the, what what was was interesting about my reaction to the handmaid's tale is that there are because the because of my familiarity with the book, it's one of my all-time favorite books. I've read it many times. I can quote passages, etc. Um, I I can't say too much because I want to avoid spoilers. But suffice it to say, my familiarity with the book did not make just added added to it, but also kept it familiar. So it wasn't like a like a it wasn't like perhaps getting dunked in a, t- in a tank and covered with some sort of liquid-like water and, like, dealing with the emotional shock of that. Was it like being slowly submerged into that tank because you knew it was coming and you'd been there before? Yeah, but it was still freaky. Right, 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 right. Um, no, it was, I, it, maybe it was a little like that. Actually, that's probably, probably more accurate. Hmm. It's an interesting analogy because uh, one would think that one of the nice things out of about recovering from being dunked in a tank of cold water right. would be curling up on a couch with a warm cup of tea. You really fixated on the tea, man. You were the one who brought it up? Yeah, I'm just saying you're really fixated on it. I'm just saying that the, there's a tie here. There's a connection. And I feel like it's like, oh, I you see. Know, yeah, now, now, we're, now I know where we're going there. You know what's healthy. 
you know what you want and what you need, and yet you haven't been able to accomplish it yet, Liz. And I want you to be happy and healthy, and I want you to appreciate these finales that mean so much to you. Then we should, really should have gotten some tea to have this conversation. We should have gotten some tea. We as just long have as water. you didn't stir it in a methodical way. <laughs> and, and then, then tap it. And then tap it in a, a, a specific number of times. Wow. We are, suddenly I fell deeply in, into a trance-like state. We are doing great with the references today. Um, I thought those were pretty good. But yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, but to kind of wrap up my reaction to The Handmaid's Tale, a lot of it was work-driven, but I did have, it was, I think honestly, I didn't really linger with it too much. Like, I didn't take, like, a week to process it or anything. But, like, the cathartic cry I had after I finished it, like, it was just, it was, like, a good, like, solid few minutes at least. And it was, it, it felt, it felt it felt like a, you know, a release. It was cathartic, as you say. So, Ben, I think what's really important here <laughs> is we need to know what your answer is vis-a-vis the leftovers what's it what's the question um what how when you finish when you watched the finale for the first time what did you do how did you how did you react how did you how did you decompress Uh, well it's interesting liz i i feel like i feel like the immediacy is similar to what you is, is similar to what you discussed um with the caveat that i i waited longer than i'd like to even watch it in the first place because of work. Yes. Uh, I, I didn't get to, to check it out the but day I f- that I, I had access to it. I feel like it's worth noting that I think, and you were very, and I respect you about, or respected this decision of yours because I knew what watching this would meant, mean to you. So even though it meant that we ended up delaying just discussing the finale in full uh, until the week after we might have normally I did respect the fact that you could have like you could have popped it on a second monitor while you were doing other stuff you could have you could have technically seen the finale and been able to discuss its plot points but you were very insistent from the beginning like that is not going to happen that is not the level of respect you have for this show you wanted to be fully ready fully able to immerse yourself in that first viewing experience yeah I try not to do it with 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 any finales really like even when I got first got access to Fargo's uh, season three finale which will be airing next Wednesday yes Um, I I didn't watch that right away either I I specifically set aside time at work so I could pay full attention to it and and give it its due when I also thought that I had to do work related to it but anyway um, I think sometimes you eat lunch sometimes I I do choose to eat food Um, but I think what's interesting about about this part of the discussion is how the leftovers lingers. Like, I, I don't think that I was able to do anything specific to process it, but I am holding on to it. Like, it's something that I am I am clinging to, and every little note that feels like an ending feels a little bit more painful, so I'm trying to avoid that. I'm trying to, I mean, I, right now it's Emmy season. The leftovers is in the conversation. Let's keep it going. It's not over yet. We can still talk about the leftovers. It could win Emmys. Um, but once that kind of final note drops, I think it's going to be a little bit different. So I'm, I'm still holding on to it, and I feel like it's coloring certain things that I see in comparison to it, mm. including other TV shows. And I'm trying very deliberately not to incorporate that into my writing and uh, to eat, treat each thing as an individual property. And some things have been more successful than others. Usually it's the better shows than the worst shows. Um, but I think what's interesting about the topic is, uh, I mean, to me at least— None of us really have 
that much time, especially with, with TV. Uh, most people treat it as a hobby or as just something to do in their free time. So they're going to absorb it. They're going to watch it. But they've got their lives to get back to. Their work isn't even involved in TV. So they don't get to even spend that much time writing about it or, or talking to people about it as, as we do. Instead of watching eight hours a day, they can only watch like three or four. I know. It's painful. It's, God, three or four would be a lot. I don't understand how you guys manage. So you don't have a, an adequate time to process these things. And I feel like something like a podcast like ours, uh, something like the articles we put out where you're able to set aside whatever spare time you have to, to read about it, is kind of how people process their own emotions and process their own reactions. And with something as intense as The Handmaid's Tale and The Leftovers and, and even Fargo, I mean, there's going to be a lot to, to go through. And what's interesting to me right now is, as you mentioned when we started off, a lot of these things are ending. So a lot of these things are going to cross into each other. And a lot of those emotions are going to get kind of, you're going to draw immediate comparisons, whether you just liked one more than the other, or if you saw thematic ties between the groups. Like, you're going to do this in your mind just because of what you're watching. And it's, it's interesting to try to figure out a system in which you can process this properly, or at least to your own satisfaction, mm-hmm. um, because I, I, I find it interesting to think about what you're going to be left with. How am I going to be thinking about the end of The Leftovers six years from now as opposed to today? How are you going to be thinking about The Handmaid's Tale? Hmm. I mean... And I think it will come down to, to sorry, just one last thing, how, right. it, how we deal with it at the moment. No, it's interesting. I mean... I think I mean it's 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 funny what you remember and what you don't. Like it's like any sort of like you know you you know, you have a you you have you have a relationship with someone and then you know years later like you know like a flash in your mind will be like oh god I remember when he he said that thing that really pissed me off like maybe I should remember it fondly or you know any of that stuff like I mean I think that I think there's an element of that with like you know kind of you know parting ways with the TV show, if you will. Well, let me ask you this. Do you feel like, you mentioned again, you mentioned a certain scenario in which you would have preferred to to end The Handmaid's Tale on a, a certain way to, to move past it or whatever. Right. Um, to process it, I should say. Do you feel like there is an ideal for that in terms of people in their in their own habits that maybe is even practical like i mean uh, to go back to our dear dearly departed intern geller should she have immediately moved from handmaid's tale to top of the lake is this the healthiest choice uh for her and i mean everybody's going to have their own kind of answer to this but just thinking about it in general terms do you think it's better to 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 space things out to wait to to have a, a a brash different show right off the bat uh to to go read a book to go take a bath to Go talk to somebody about it. Do you think there's like a, a best case scenario in which how to how to you know say goodbye? Um, I do actually, and I think I uh, I think it basically comes down to uh, an experience that I hopefully will get. I I, hope, I, hope, I feel like it's possible to recapture these days. Um, but I remember uh, watching the Lost series, the Lost the series finale of Lost. Lost is such a weird title sometimes. It feels like, you know, gets lost in things. But a ching. Um, and yeah, people people go back and forth on that finale. Um, actually, in the X-Files finale, this also happened. I watched it with friends. I watched it the night of, I watched it live. It was an event. And it was an event that I didn't, that was social. And I was able to talk about 
what we were watching immediately and we were able to process it together. And it's like, even when the, and even when the finale is bad, uh, it still means like, it still means like some level of, you know, acknowledging what the show meant to you personally, but also acknowledging what it meant to a larger sphere, but in a way, in a setting that feels intimate, like a living room. I remember, uh, I have a, the Battlestar Galactica finale, um, for undisclosed reasons, I got to go to the actual finale cast and crew screening. And I'm sure people had already seen, some people had already seen it, but it was like a big theater. It was actually the, uh, it was a big theater, um, very excited crowd, you know, like all the cast was there and like, you know, Edward James almost gave a speech and had the crowd chanting, so say we all before the show even started. And so in that environment, I watched the finale for the first time. And uh, it was like, you know, and I was like forgiving a lot because that is that, that is a finale that has problems. Um, but I was, you know, just kind of swept up in the moment and everything. And, you know, we went to, we and then afterwards, but afterwards, uh, once it was done and we, I think we mingled a little. And then I went to my friend's house where he had been hosting a viewing party for the finale and they were so mad. <laughs> and... But it was really fun to kind of be there with them in that moment and just like say hated it to like this particular crowd of people. Um, and so just talking with them about it and like all the kind of silly things that had happened, like that was probably like the perfect like finale night. Like I got like a lot of extremes there and it wasn't necessarily great out a couple of episodes of television. I apologize for the if, if that was a humble brag or if I was just a brag, I don't really know the difference, but uh, apologize for the bragging on that, but that was a cool night. Um, and I think it was a night that really helped me say goodbye to the show in a way that felt really final. And the most important thing is I don't think I watched anything else that night. Like I went to bed with that show and I woke up the next morning and Battlestar Galactica goes over and I, something else with spaceships in it premiered and I watched it at some point, I'm sure. <laughs> well, interestingly enough, I had a few friends who came to me specifically and bugged me about trying to watch, they wanted to watch an episode of Leftovers with me for the first time, like before I'd watched it on my own. Uh, that that never happened. Um, and I had mixed feelings about it all the way through. But um, Them wanting to do that with you or? About doing it. Just, uh, you, and no, it's, it. it's, a, it's a weird thing. Like I remember during the X-Files uh, revival last, uh, last year, uh, I watched all the episodes alone except for one, episode five, Babylon, which I watched with Steve Green, our lovely compatriot in the office. And <laughs> um, I, re I realized a little bit, like five minutes in, that was a mistake because he kept live chatting our, every, all of our colleagues, my, my exact reactions, which basically boiled down to how many times I said, oh my God. Um, but... Uh, it was, but it was an emotionally bearing experience, if you will, watching a, a new episode of The X Files with someone else in the room, and it's something I hadn't done in, since the year two thousand three. Understand? Or two thousand two, one of those. Two thousand three. It was two thousand three. Sorry, a memory far better than my own, Elizabeth. Uh, and with that, I ask you, what was the best thing you watched last week? Don't have anything else to add about the leftovers? You didn't actually say. I, no, I want to hear. Like, what did? What was the thing you did right after you watched the finale for the first time? Uh, I sat alone on my couch and waited, and thought, 
for probably 15 to 20 minutes. Were you writing at all or just, just nope. thinking? No, just thinking. Um, Did you have anything? You, you had no phone, no computer near you? Uh, I had my cats. Your cats. That's entertainment enough. So I, I Plus took, leftovers. I took care of my cats. And then uh, I, like you, I, I, I knew I wasn't going to be, I, I watched it later than I'd like. So uh, I knew I wouldn't be able to get to sleep. Uh, it felt wrong to watch any other show again. So I turned on the pilot. Um, and that's when I saw the connection with the doves. But, oh, that's very handy. Uh, so that worked out work-wise. But, uh, but yeah, so that was me. Okay, thank you. I just wanted, I felt like we needed, then we were telling stories and you hadn't finished yours. Yeah, in a way. I mean, Best thing, Elizabeth. Best thing. Um, well, I was going to say something else and then you reminded me that I got, I caught up on Fargo this week and damn that episode nine was good that was a good episode of television it was uh you, you had a nice write-up um paying proper tribute to the scene this ep- this episode has already aired so i can say like you know the scene in the bar between uh between gloria and uh winnie that was a wonderful scene and but there was also like a lot of other really good stuff that happened in that a lot of nice character pairings that sort of thing uh and it got to, it was so good that uh, I realized I had a little extra time that afternoon, and so I just rolled on into the finale. So I uh, won't discuss that at all, but that is that is airing as you listen to this uh, in just a couple of days. And if you've been following the show all season long, uh, I imagine you are pretty excited for it. I imagine you have feelings about it. You got the, all the feels. Not uh, maybe not all of them, but I imagine you have specific ones. Yes. How about you, Ben? Um, I'm going to cheat a little bit and say uh, some screeners that I've been able to watch. I think the episodes that actually aired this past week have been exceptionally good as well, so it doubles, but uh, I've been going a little bit ahead on casual, Mm. and uh, I very much am into season three. It's a much more... Uh, I don't. Well, I'm going to back off of that. I don't want to say... I don't want to say what I was going to say. It's a very particular season um it's 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 guiding its characters in a new direction each and every one of them uh which i find as exciting and emotionally resonating and i've said emotional probably more in this podcast than i ever have in my life which is weird because you don't have any emotions it's true i'm dead inside but um but this one got to me this one awoke some a few things so i'm very excited about the season of casual and i hope as many of you who signed on to hulu for the handmaid's tale have now discovered the joy of casual I mean, it's a show definitely worth checking out. I need to catch up with it, um, mostly so that you have someone to talk to about casual. Very true. Well, I'm talking to Steve. He's That's good. true. He's doing well. But He's, uh, what was what's the next thing you're looking forward to, Elizabeth? Next thing I'm wor- looking forward to is, um, I think it's Glow. I mean, oh, great pick. I mean, there's the 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 uh, Better Call Saul. Uh, season finale is uh, airing at the morning you the, the night of the morning you listen to this and uh, I'm very excited to see that but also very nervous about when I'm going to be able to see it because there are no screeners available at this time and mama is going to have to review it but you're excited for glow I am I am excited without qualifications for glow especially because I don't think I have I don't think I'm doing anything on it uh, at work wise so I well, get not to- yet you're gonna watch it and then you might have opinions I might have opinions, but in the meantime, like, I can just enjoy a television show. Very true. Uh, but it, you know, looks delightful. I think we've talked about it at least once before on this podcast. I think we 
featured it during our summer preview uh, episodes, so you can go back and listen to that. But point is, Alison Brie, silly 80s costumes, training montages, professional wrestling, one of those things better appeal to you, or otherwise, I don't know what you're doing listening to us. Very, very well said. All right. Ben, what's the next thing you're looking forward to? Uh, honestly, I was going to say Glow, because um, I am very much looking forward to Glow. It's gotten some exceptional early reviews, which make me very excited. Excuse me. But uh, uh, since since you said Glow, I will say Twin Peaks, uh, considering we've got, what, 12 more weeks, something like that? Um, so many weeks. And I honestly, like, I, I got called out a little bit, at least through, you know, Facebook comments and stuff for my article about how this season of Twin Peaks is retraining us to watch television, just like the original Twin, Twin Peaks was an education in watching television. By the way. way, where is the parody show Twin Peaks? I'm sure it's out there. I'm sure some web series has, has been created. I hope, at least, because um, otherwise they're missing out on a, a great opportunity to call attention to the high school drama and the, the soap opera-ness of it all. Um, but I, I do believe that Twin Peaks is a great way, is a great follow-up show, especially if you aren't watching it weekly, if it's something that you're binging or it's something that you're just setting aside for whenever you have the time to get to it, because it really does completely stop you and make you watch television a different way. It also makes you watch that show and that show alone. You cannot watch Twin Peaks while you're doing anything else. Otherwise, it just ruins the experience of both things. Um, so I, I think that that's a very healthy show to be on right now. I know Lindelof is obviously excited that it's on. It, it was on at the same time as The Leftovers for a few weeks. Um, and it's a very, it's actually a very good show to transition out of The Leftovers for me. So that's good. I mean, it's a show. It's, it's a show. I think also for me, because um, I'm preparing to not be watching Better Call Saul anymore, and that's a show where I love to pause it and look at every nook and cranny and. Uh, I think I, I, I'm very glad that I know when I'm reviewing Twin Peaks next, I'm taking I'm taking on the episode review the week after you, uh, which so this week. So the, yeah, the, as you listen to this, the upcoming Sunday, and I'm very glad I know this well in advance so that I have time to catch up with the show episodes that I've already missed and really like understand what's going on. And I know you say it's very simple, but I feel like I want to. I feel like there's a level of meaning with Twin Peaks that you have to reach. Otherwise, you know, what are you doing? It's not that the show is simple. The show is is impossibly complex, but the point of Twin Peaks is to experience it. You are supposed to watch it and react. You are not supposed to watch it and figure it out. It is not a puzzle. So that's why I say that they've been fairly good to us this year about uh, making it easy to track the, the, the narrative of it, just the, the simple story of it they've made. They've done well with that. So uh, anyway, yeah. cue Liz. You see, this is why I need to do the. I know we reversed this week, but it's, I know. it's wild new world. It's 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 upside down time. It's where we're in a post leftovers existence. Absolutely. Um, I'm currently mentally creating a timeline of things I can remind you about to give you hope and make you. There's not much. Yeah, well, so little things like after the Emmy nominations, if I need to, I'm going to remind you about the TCA awards a lot because I'm sure that leftovers is going to do well there. Don't. Count the chickens before they hatch, Liz. All right, I won't. Especially after what happened today in our office with people. Um, but yes, you will be able to read all about that and more on IndieWire.com, where we'll find news, reviews, interviews, features, all the stuff you like. Uh, and make sure to listen to all of the IndieWire Network podcasts, including Turn It On with our own Michael Schneider, Filmmaker Toolkit podcast with Chris O'Fault, 
And of course, screen talk with our very own Eric Cohn and Ann Thompson, who are broaching, I think, like 125, maybe even more episodes. So They're way ahead of us. Are they at 150? Probably, they might be. I don't know. I just know that they hit 100 way before us. Reaching 150. But more importantly, who got two cakes? We did. Yeah. That yeah. was a good day. Thanks, Mom. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and you can find Ben on Twitter at Ben T. Travers. And Liz on Twitter at Lizlet. That's with an I and an E. Correct. We will be back next week. And in the meantime, you guys, keep watching television. 